Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have Faces for Radio and Voices for Blogging. As always, in Phoenix, Arizona, we have the Bumblebee. In Los mm-hmm. Angeles, California, we have Royce Hamano. We have a lot to share with you today. So much has gone on. Today, we want to make sure we record it because of the things that have gone on in the crypto world, the stock market, the economy, and of course, football and betting. Let's just say tonight, three missed field goals. That's all I can say about that. And we're going to pass it on to the Bumble later for his little segment about his Falcons and their game tonight. We're also going to talk about the meltdown at FTX in the crypto world. And I'm going to kind of toss that to our resident expert, Royce, to kind of explain his view on what's going on there in the meltdown at FTX and some of the financial misgivings and improprieties and all types of things that really are, you know, the, the things that people were complaining about the crypto world and how why not to trust it. Some of those things have come up. And we're going to start the show today by just talking a little bit about the the reading we got in the economy about how inflation looks like it is slowing down. Uh, for those of you who have been listening regularly, you know I've been leaning a little bit on the side of the Fed is going to overreact and raise rates too much, uh, that they probably should pause and just wait and see a little bit. Uh, the stock market really liked the reading today, shot up 1,200 points in the Dow, 6% on the NASDAQ. A lot of things going on, a lot of things to talk about. So without further ado, let's kind of throw that out there and uh, throw this to Royce first. Royce, give us your view a little bit on the stock market action today, the news and economy for the CPI, and then to also obviously talk about FTX and the shit show that that's become. Yeah, I mean... It- Inflation came in in a cooler print today, and I think that it was something that, you know, obviously in this, you know, bear market, the market was looking for. And based off of that, the market exploded today. (laughs) I think it was up 3% in, you know, in the pre-market trading and from there just just blew up. So I think I don't remember what the uh, what the Nasdaq ended up at, but I think at one point it was up like six percent or something. Yes, something ridiculous absolutely like up six percent plus. Uh, it was just hanging in that five plus percent range for most of the day, and then the market rallied even more to the close. So it had a really strong close today. You know, I bet tomorrow it probably dump. Like no, nothing's changed. You know, like the Fed is still going to be raising rates. I mean, they're they're saying I think like the terminal rate that they're looking at right now is like, was it like five and a quarter or five and a half percent? I think. What what are we at right now? It's four. Fed uh, funds rate three seven five to four. Yeah. You talk you talk about the Fed funds rate right now. Yeah, is it three seventy five to four? Cool. I think it is right? right now. Right now it's three point seven five to four. Yeah. Um. So they they were. They were talking basically that they're going to get to another 150 basis points prior to this report. Yeah, take us prior to this report. Yeah. That, that was the that was the projection. They were going to go three quarters of a point at least one more time, and maybe even a half and a half on the the, the next two sessions after that. A lot of the talk yeah. and chatter uh, has been today that people are calling for them to go 50 points in December. There's going to be one more CPI print before that, uh, right before that meeting. And some are calling for 0.25. And Jeremy Siegel, who's you know who's definitely a big bull here, the professor, yeah. you know, he's calling for them to just pause <laughs> and just watch. Right? That guy's a perma bull yeah. right now. But then he, <laughs> but he's, he is. He's and he, his his point of view is interesting though, because he thinks the Fed is using the wrong metrics for the housing sector. And in which case, we actually had negative inflation uh, this this last month. And you know, we'll see. We'll see in time if he's right but it is one of those things where not all the hikes have really come through the system and we've already uh, had a much softer read on inflation it's promising for the future and you know we talked this before the stock market it's always about looking forward at least six months if you know to to kind of see where things are going to be so i don't know we'll we'll see kind of how it goes i mean the the fed uses lagging indicators right and i think that's what siegel was saying one time when he was on like cnnbc or something where they made the mistake in the beginning saying inflation was transitory and they missed it. And then now on the back end, they're doing the same thing where instead of you know being late to inflation, now like they're late to inf- inflation coming down or cooling off. And I, I mean, I, I, I can see his point. I mean, I can but too. Every, 
Yeah. I mean, everything the the Fed board has said, like from Kashkari to, I forget who was talking today, is basically they're not ready to stop yet in terms of raising rates and, and fighting inflation. No. And it's going to be, I, it's going to be about yeah. the, the messaging they kind of send out in the next three, four weeks anyway, right? You know, they're, they're going to, yeah. they're going to do interviews and they're going to say, they're going to start talk, showing what their sentiment is going to be for December. But if that CPI comes in soft again, it'll be hard pressed to continue with a 7.75, I think, uh, if it comes in soft again for this month. Because you think so, but yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I think the Fed has a credibility problem now and that's, that's what they're, that's also what they're fighting. Right. It's so even the Powell was pretty unequivocal in his in his speech last uh last meeting right in terms of what they're planning to do and and where they're headed but that was and looking at the other, i don't think that was looking at change, the lagging yeah. data from a month before that too so it's kind of one of these things yeah. where you have and we'll see how accommodating they'll be to the data because everyone's going to say today was just a one month read just the first month let's not overreact but if we get this again for this month then you know there's going to be a little bit more to talk about i mean and 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 just kind of on, on, you know, just to make note, uh, we talked about the market. The Dow Jones was up 3.75%, 1,201 points. The NASDAQ was up 7.35% in one day. Oh 760. That is The S&P crazy. 500 up 5.54%. And the Russell 2000 small cap 6.11%. I mean, this is people's years. Like, if you, if you were in the market and... Like today, I took advantage of the market and I sold. I sold things I got yeah. gains on it because things that I've been trading, I just sold it. Because like you said, Royce, a big jump like this, at some point in time, we're going to have a little pullback and I can get back in. And I, and I agree with Siegel that we're going to have a year-end rally here for many reasons, maybe not necessarily having to do with the fundamentals as of right now, but hope for the future and all this and that. You know, speculative thing. It's it's interesting though when you look at the world markets. The world markets are looking pretty good so far too at this moment. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, let, let's bring in Bumble's view of this because he, you know, he for the most part doesn't really participate too much in the financial world actively. In meaning, he's trading products and those type of things. So I guess my question to you, Bumble, is where do you feel the pain of inflation the most as the everyday man? The grocery store, man. You look at the the prices of everything. I mean, you you go to the grocery store and you get the normal things that you want, and some things the prices have doubled over time uh, within the past couple months. I know if it's happening here, it's probably even worse down there in Hawaii. So that's the number one place. I think they brought down the price of gas just a tad bit here, um, but it's still higher than it was. But for the what most you guys, part, you what are you guys paying per gallon right now? If you go to Sam's Club or Costco, it's like. Four nineteen, I think. It's about the same here. Then that's about the same price here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say not even four weeks ago it was like four seventy nine. So uh, it did go down a lot. But before we were in the low threes. So those everyday items that you have to buy. Um, I mean, a candy bar now. Yeah, not okay. even a king size candy Look, bar. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I, I needed to know which one of your vices, which one of your things you really want to buy that that, that everyone can relate to, a candy bar, man. Bro. I, candy I bar, refuse. man. I refuse. I'm not paying two seventy nine <laughs> for a regular Snickers. It's not happening. Might, might be the best diet plan. <laughs> you know, the infl- inflation might be the best diet plan of all time. Well, yeah. It, nope. it's, it's crazy how much that's affected, like even just like fast food. Like, mm-hmm. You think fast food is so cheap. But like you go to like if you went to a McDonald's and you bought like one of these meals or whatever, you're just paying like ten bucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Holy crap. I yep. And, it's just amazing. And you know what's fascinating about that is that you know when prices do cool off, and I look at on the wholesale side, I see it on the wholesale side. It it actually has cooled off already. So mm. it's it's so what's interesting about that is they're making up the companies might be making up for the money they lost in previous quarters, paying the higher prices yep. now. And it's like a perfect excuse to raise the prices. And until the headlines change, this is the perfect time for some companies to go ahead and, and charge more and get it and no one's going to complain. Yeah. And we've talked about this privately, Royce, like the juxtaposition with all this is like if unemployment continues to be low, the buying power of Americans are going to be there. And Americans are terrible at saving money. So they're going to spend the money. They're going to buy at these higher prices. And then what's the, at that point, What's the motivation to drop these prices? It must, Steve, lower the prices. Right? I mean... Ain't nobody going to lower the prices. Oh, but that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> right. 
The only time that's we're going to see really low prices. The doing, right? they're, yeah. they're just trying to crush crush demand. I mean, they're trying to get people <laughs> fired. I mean, that's the thing that no one really wants to say, but they're trying to get people fired. But you look at the domino effect just the last week. Mass layoffs at tech companies because they're interest oh, yeah. rate sensitive. So the tech companies are, are looking at this and they're not hitting the bottom line numbers. So they got to cut costs. No, it's going to happen. And it's happening. This is just the beginning. This is yeah. just the beginning because unemployment's under 4%. This is just the beginning. I would say their rate hikes are doing the job that they were intended to do. The question is, yeah. are they going to go too far? But they probably will because they do have the mentality of they'd rather go too far than don't do enough. Because historically, if you don't do enough, that causes other kind of other kind of trouble that it's harder to dig out of. Is what they'll say, and they 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 they'll point to the late seventies for that. No, I mean look at look at it too, right? Like they they missed the boat on inflation, saying it was transitory. If they come back now and say that inflation's gone and it heats up again, I mean that's terrible. They look terrible. Yeah. So I think they're gonna I think they're gonna lean towards overdoing it and bringing inflation down, punishing inflation. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. They have to. They, they don't really have another choice or they lose all credibility. Yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. Royce, what are you paying for gas at uh, at the gas station on Sepulveda? <laughs> you know what, man? I have no idea. Because you're a Tesla now, right? You had looked, electric, I baby. I've not, not looked at gas in, like, months. The last time I looked at gas was when I filled up my uh, my other car. And uh, I filled the tank up. It cost me a hundred bucks for a fifteen-gallon tank. Mm-hmm. Only reason why I knew what our gas prices was is because I passed it every day going to, to my job. <laughs> yep. Are you driving Brandy's car? Yeah. Are you driving oh, Brandy's yeah. car? She works yeah. from home, so I just, I just drive the Tesla all the time. So you both you both went electric during this time, and Royce, you hit it perfectly. I think when you bought your Tesla, it was just the perfect time. Before the prices, the price hikes in the Teslas and yeah. and all this stuff, and you didn't have to always buy gas as much anymore at those high prices as you bought in time, you know. Yeah. Bumble, mm-hmm. you got yours. Uh, we got we got the the Rav Four Prime. So every time we go out and put we put Wetacole seats, easy so they're free plug for you guys, Wetacole. Uh, you know, so we take that we take <laughs> Ali's car to the beach all the time. Now instead of taking my truck. The only thing we miss out of my truck is I have my bin of like water, water and water bottles to rinse my feet. That kind of blows. So I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta park water in her, in the, in her trunk. But, but you know, we all got in at the right time before all the the, the lithium price spike that affect the productions of these cars, because the price of these electric cars are even gone up quite a bit. Where you do have to ask yourself, did you lose some value in buying yeah. these things? The thing, the only thing that's really helping us is. And I don't know if your guys' cars are too new to get it, but you know it's it's the it's the rebates. You know it, it's our it's our tax credits. Yeah. And some of the twenty twenty two did. Qualify for it. Yeah, correct. Tesla, Tesla you guys used you guys used rebate. up all the quota, so that that becomes part of the equation now because you use up that quota at Tesla. You, some people have to do the math: is it really cheaper to go electric? Well, it's going to depend on how much your cost of electricity is where you are. Here in Hawaii, it's over forty two cents a kilowatt hour. So that's that's a really big mathematical issue there when you kind of look at the cost. Forty two. Yes, it's over. It's over forty something cents. What is it? What is it in Arizona? Eighteen. Uh, eighteen or twenty, but since we got right. solar, it's like four. Right, Ricey, yeah. Do you look? Does your the, your PG mine bill? is like around? Yeah, it's it's around. It, well, it depends on like uh, usage uh, time of day. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on usage. But average on average, um, what do you think, think you're paying? I think at the highest it's like thirty something cents, maybe thirty four cents or something. You like guys that. are getting close to us, but, which but has never used to be the case. Average, average is probably around like twenty something. Twenty five, we'll say. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's still a ton cheaper than what we're paying here. My electric bill. Oh yeah, it's it's not. It's nowhere near forty two cents. Yeah, my electric bill mm-hmm. is pretty much a hundred dollars more a month for the last six months. And Hawaii's in a Hawaii's in a tough spot because we, where we get our oil from, we got our oil from Russia, and yeah. I still believe we get them from Russia because we can't find another source to get oh, the oil. You guys. So, you guys. Yeah. so it's all Jones Act stuff, and you know that's up for politicians to argue about. But I'm pretty sure we still get it from there because I don't think we found another way to get another source in. Could be guys, wrong, but you guys got to get Josh Green to uh, change all that. No, we just got to get. We, we <laughs> just got to get off. We just got to get off oil. And it, hey, his 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 wife is my classmate, actually. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I it's funny because I, when I was walking around Hawaii last time, I was looking and I was like, I, I think it was on a commercial, 
I was like, is that who I think it is? And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, so you're that not was... going to have Kermit the Frog anymore. Yeah. Who's Kermit the Frog? Ege. Rocket Man. Oh, Missile dude. Boy. <laughs> yeah, on, I, I was there. Use the, I... the mask all the time. Yeah. The... Love that guy. Like, he's the Teflon man. Like, I don't know what politician really could survive the missile crisis. He's the Teflon that was man. Pretty, that was pretty bad. That's yeah. crazy. Like, that was grandmas bad. were getting put in the freaking sewer. People are going down manholes. Yeah, I, I was there. It's funny. I talk about that all the time. So, like, I woke up in the morning to the mobile phone alert. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I opened it up and I'm looking at it. And it says, ballistic missile inbound. Like, this is not a drill. And I thought, man, I picked the wrong time to visit this place. <laughs> <laughs> like, I picked the wrong time. It's like, this is how it's going to... There's no... Where can you go? There's nowhere you're going to be able to go. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, I was like, well, I guess I'll just... Uh, I guess I'll just get drunk. Yeah. Yep. That worked. Kiss, kiss your ass goodbye kind of moment. You know, it's like being on a plane. You know, put your head down, whatever, man. Just... I know. Yeah. I mean, thank God it was pretty quick for the most part. Well... We, I had friends that told me it's all clear. The news just hasn't said it yet, you know. Yeah. So that was that was nice to know pretty fast. But yeah, crazy stuff. What well, what I thought was that like if there was gonna be a, a actual ballistic missile, I turned on the news because if there was a ballistic missile headed towards Hawaii, that would be the biggest thing on every single station. And they weren't and they weren't and there prepared. Was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. No, it was like the Heidi moment for that Raiders football game where they like the thing like switched to a freaking Shirley Temple. Like, you know, just kind of one of those things where it was such a weird five five to ten minutes of, like, what the hell is going on? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, what in the world is happening here? So. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. But uh, let's move on, Rissy. Let's move on to, and again, we always talk about this, you know, we talk about things in a crypto world, good or bad. We don't, we're not, we don't want to be the podcast that's just cheerleading the stuff. We've talked in the past about some of the shortfalls and some of the things about crypto that people are nervous about, rightfully so. And I think some of the things that people are concerned about are really coming to roost right now. And this really feels like a very huge moment in crypto, what's happening at FTX, what's kind of happened just in general in the last year or so. Um, Look at the merge, the outcome of the merge, maybe not being exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. Uh, it re- just in the end, it just really feels like regulations coming, and it's going to be pretty strict. So I'm going to leave this to you, right? Yeah. So you go ahead and I, you talk to the audience. I, I, so first of all, one, I lo- I love the Ethereum merge. Like it's actually in the last couple of days, it's turned Ethereum into a deflationary asset. But you know, this the events of this past week, I'm still in shock. Like it's been the most ridiculous, craziest anything that you can think of week where anything happened. So just a little bit of background. So Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, he's a player in the industry that came to the forefront probably within the last two years. I mean, FTX, the exchange has, has grown, you know, into the big name that it is in the last like two to three years. And he kind of came out of nowhere. And for the last two years, he's he's been, you know, crypto's golden boy. He launched a bunch of projects, funded them, uh, everything that he had associated with turned to gold. Like he was a golden boy. He was on, you know, magazine covers. He was a f- frequent guest on Bloomberg and CNBC and all of these financial channels. He was working with people in DC on regulation for decentralized finance. Uh, so he was everywhere. And I think about a week ago, maybe, maybe a week and a half. And my my, my timeline might be might be wrong, but. Uh, there was an article that came out in, I think it was Coindesk, where they had gotten a hold of... So, I, I guess stepping back, there was FTX, the exchange, like, uh, and there's two parts. There's the international, international part and the U.S. part. But the international part was kind of like the, you know, the main exchange that people use like overseas, uh, not in the U.S., because of the U.S. regulations and things like that uh, with the SEC and all that stuff. So... There was FTX International, and then he also had a trading arm that was called uh, Alameda, Alameda Research. And they were the ones that were kind of investing you know, his money into like different crypto assets. And people had the utmost respect for Alameda and also for FTX and for, for SPF, you know, for Sam. And you know, this Coindesk article came out, 
it basically had a picture of the assets that, and it wasn't really clear what assets, you know, whether there was from like Alameda or FTX or a combination or, you know, all of the entities that Sam owned. But the gist of it was that uh, the assets that they held, they were close to being insolvent or not, just basically not in good financial, on financial footing. You know, SBF came out and this girl named Caroline, who's the CEO of Alameda, came out and said, hey, you know what? Like, uh, that's not all the assets that we have. You know, there's stuff that's missing. You know, everything's OK, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sam was coming out and doing the same thing, basically saying everything's OK. You know, we're fine. You know, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, I think also around this time or maybe a little while ago, like Sam sent out this kind of snarky tweet um, because uh, I think there was something happening with the Binance founder, this guy named CZ. Uh, and he was like, hey, that's great that, you know, CZ's working on blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I think the whatever it was, it was in D.C. And then his comment was, well, actually, you know, can he even go there? Like, and people think that that's kind of what kicked off this whole entire thing. And so, you know, they were like sniping at each other back and forth, CZ and Sam. And just in this wild turn of events, you know, like Sam was tweeting like, hey, you know what, I like, wish we could work together. You know, like we want to do what's best for crypto. And then literally the day of the election, it came out basically where, hey, it seemed like FTX was having trouble. You know, people were having trouble withdrawing assets. You know, I think it was because people were withdrawing because of the article. You know, they were worried that, oh, well, you know, if if FTX is close to being insolvent or on they're on crazy, you know, financial footing, I want to take my assets off of there. Right. Because we've all seen what happened, like, back in, I think it was May or June, with Voyager and 3AC and Celsius, you know, and all these crypto companies where, you know, because they, they basically went bankrupt or insolvent, now they're locked in you know, these court battles and people can't get their assets out. Right. What's a uh, run so on the bank, withdrawing. right? Yeah. It was kind of like a bank run, basically. Yeah, it's a bank. You it's know, a run of a trust. bank. Mm-hmm. It's a run of the bank. Yeah. People didn't trust FTX anymore. And so they started pausing withdrawals because obviously you know, when people are taking out billions of dollars worth of, you know, or hundreds of millions or whatever of right. money, mm-hmm. you know, they have stuff that they've invested in, you know, obviously, and they might not have, they might not have the liquidity to be able to cover that. So there was a suspicion that there was a liquidity crunch. And then on Tuesday morning, the morning of the election, Binance sent a tweet out and Sam sent a tweet out basically saying, hey, guys, uh, Binance has entered into an uh, LOI to acquire FTX uh, and it's pending due diligence, which, you know, was I think during the time that, you know, there was that bank run, I think Alameda or FTX or whoever, you know, they started selling some of their assets to get liquidity. So the market started dumping before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Binance tweet came out and, you know, Sam tweeted about basically like how there was this LOI for the acquisition. The market immediately jumped back up. But, you know, throughout the day, it's, you know, it started leaking where, you know, things didn't look good. It was so weird because all of these players from this past cycle, like Doquan and even Suzu, who's part of 3AC, Who's been? They've been all been very quiet. But during this this last day, they all came back in the picture. Suzu tweeted for the first time since I think it was must have been back in June when they when Three AC went under, mm-hmm. and you know they went quiet. Doquan was on one of these podcasts, and the even stranger thing about that is that Martin Shkreli, the guy, the farmer guy who raised the price of insulin or whatever it was that that drug that people needed like a thousand times and ended up going to jail. And he bought the Wu-Tang album. He was on a podcast basically telling Do Kwan, hey, jail's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was so, it was like so bizarre. It's like, what, what universe are we living in? Like, it's, it's all the, the weird things about crypto, like all just packaged into like a couple of days. It's been uh, a really, I I guess the last thing too is that uh, Justin Sun uh, who's the founder of Tron? You know he's a he's a great marketer. And after the Binance deal fell through, you know they rejected. He kind of stepped stepped in. You know one to get assets off the FTX platform for Tron users. Um, and then there's some speculation on whether he's working with FTX to try to to help them as well. But basically, what what's come out is that the uh, Alameda and FTX assets, uh, you know, weren't quite as 
you know, separate as it was made to be seen. Mm-hmm. And and this is all not all, I think, 100% confirmed, but there is basically around a either $8 billion to $10 billion hole yeah. that needs to be filled. And, and supposedly right. Sam is running around now trying to get funding. So what right. happened was that they took 10 or 8 to $10 billion of user funds from the FTX exchange, gave that to Alameda. Alameda was using it to invest in, right. you know, quote unquote, you know, projects and whatever. And somehow it got, I guess, burned. Yeah, I mean, so let me jump in here real quick, Royce, for you with some of those numbers. So sure. 13 hours ago, there's an article uh, by the Business Insider quoting a Wall Street Journal article saying that FTX loaned out $8 billion of the, their customers' fund to Alameda and that still as of right now Alameda still owes FTX a total tally of 10 billion dollars I mean you think about if you're a customer of FTX they're using they're gambling with your money and of course and they've lost and now there really is no way to get this money back unless you get an infusion of funds to make people whole which I doubt is ever going to happen you know this is bankruptcy city this is bankruptcy city right here they were degening, trying to make it back in one trade. Right. They they like shorted the, the tether. They shorted tether today. Oh, is that what it says? I, I haven't yeah, heard that. They shorted tether um, today, and it went down briefly for one dollar to ninety eight cents. But that two cents is powerful. They could have made a lot of money on that two cents. Could have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing with just the thing with Justin too is that they put he or the Tron Foundation or whoever uh, put a bunch of Tron tokens on FTX and allowed people to trade for those Tron tokens and move it off the exchange. So like every token that's associated with Justin Sun and Tron, they were working with FTX to basically allow people to move them off the exchange. So they supplied a bunch of Tron tokens. People were buying it at like, I think 10 times the value that it was uh, on the market. And I think what was happening is that uh, they were making basically 10 times the amount of Tron that they had. So they were, they were getting, they're trading in like a Tron USD pair. You know, the Tron Foundation or Justin Sun or whatever is getting 10 times the dollar amount of Tron that they would get on the open market because they're locked into FTX. And it gave people the ability to, to buy Tron and then also move their assets off, mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, a tenth of what they would get normally. Mm-hmm. That's better than that's better than zero. So because they're probably not going to get, honestly, they're not going to get, they're not going to be made whole. So this is the way to at least no, get some of it back. So yeah, it's a it's so, actually a pretty genius move because correct. Justin's getting or Tron or whoever Tron's is getting ten x on their on and their Tron's getting and, Tron's getting utility. Tron's getting buy. Tron's getting demand. So yeah. this is a, this is a nice opportunity move. Okay, Royce, can you bottom line this for us? A, what does this make you want to do with your digital? cryptocurrency holdings and b what do you see for the future of crypto very quick very succinct so people can kind of just take it as like huh you know something to chew on for a little bit oh right right now for crypto or any you know risk asset i'm waiting for the fed to stop raising rates first of all you know even though the market bounced today because of the the cooler cpi print i mean i I still think that they're going to be ratcheting up rates until they've paused or you know Things have turned around entirely. Like I'm not. I don't think this is a buy the dip moment. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and then what was the second question? Basically, what do you see as the future for crypto? Like, do you see people born? You know, being willing to adopt. People are going to be too scared. Is the upside of crypto permanently damaged by oh, all so, the all the yeah. all the scrutiny in the in the last? You know, really in the last year. In the, this year, it really has all happened this year. It's all happened this year. Yeah, like there are a bunch of you know a bunch of failed projects. You know, a lot of lost money. Uh, this one is is particularly egregious. So you can't take customer funds and mingle that with a separate entity and degen that thing away. Right. You know, it's funny that there was a uh, one of these uh, anon crypto accounts uh, on Twitter was basically saying like you know everyone thought that Alameda was you know the greatest traders in crypto, and it turns out like they were actually the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how they I don't even know how you begin to lose eight billion dollars. But, uh, yeah. you know, so, I think that's why everyone's I think that's that's why everyone in crypto is really unhappy with Sam right now is because because he was so prominent in the space, you know, because he was prominent in D.C., because he was really the golden boy of crypto for the last two years. The stuff that he did and the contagion that it, 
it's going to cause across the entire space and VCs and everything. The, reputa- the reputational damage is immense to the entire industry. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely going to, you know, there were a bunch of, you know, congressmen or congresswomen that were saying, you know, hey, this is something that we need to look at. We need to have regulation. Even the press secretary was saying that today. So it's going to be an even bigger challenge now to get them to, like, one, understand what crypto is. And really, the biggest thing is that the things that have failed, like, spectacularly, has all been centralized finance. Not decentralized finance, but centralized finance, which is more more like traditional finance. You know, it's more like, you know, the banks and things that we have today where all of the you know, reporting and everything, it's all centralized. It's all internal. So you don't see what's really happening. Like in all of the DeFi applications, like Uniswap, Yearn, Cream, whatever, all the decentralized ones, all of that stuff you can see on chain. So there's never a question of what's happening. And also the code, it's open source. So you could go, any anybody that can read code can go out there and see, you know, what these apps are doing. Uh, in the case of these centralized institutions, like, you know, Celsius, like FTX, you're you're relying on the trust of the people that are running the institution and obviously what we've seen is that you know there are going to be bad actors and this is the same thing that the the traditional finance industry went through you know before as well well they continue um, to i mean fraud fraudulent behavior is happening they, they banking, continue to, it's, yeah. ha- it's happening in stock markets all over the place yeah. okay well, i mean that's so, why the that's why the fed was established too i mean it's right. the same thing right so on that Thank you for that, Roycey. I just, I spent a lot of time as you're explaining those things and I start, I try to like maybe visualize what some of our listeners that aren't too involved with crypto, what they think when we, they're listening to this in their car, sitting on the toilet, whatever they're doing. And I just like to, I wonder sometimes kind of like what their body language is or they start like rolling their eyes or just falling asleep. So I was watching Bumble the whole time. I just kind of wanted to see what that was like. (laughs) So, I mean, on that note, Oh, Bubble, be the be the man of the people here with crypto. Because so, again, you're a good representation because you'll probably just hear people talking about, oh, I made X amount of money in this, this and that, or you read a headline here or there, but never really got fully involved with it. What does any of this mean to you? What what do you ever? How do you ever kind of view view uh, crypto to be like, or what it's about, or whatever? It, it, you know, anything about it. I just never really bought into crypto, and it's just because I'm not never really something that interests me too much. So I'm not very educated in it. Um, Mm -hmm. I like hearing people talk about it because it seems like a cool thing, but I never dove deep to, to figure out when, when you guys are talking about the guy, Sam, I, I read articles and heard about him. Uh, I just know his famous quote that he's been saying the last couple of days is the, uh, I, Mm. I effed up. (laughs) So I seen those. Um, I heard about Tron, uh, one of, one of my, um, guys that I coached with, he's heavy into crypto. So he's always talking about it. Um, he was early with Bitcoin. Uh, he, he invested a lot into Tron. So I know about that one. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things where it's like, I'll listen. Um, and then when it makes sense to me completely, then that's probably when I would take it serious. But I know that you guys actually do your research and, and take a look at these types of things, but it's, it was just never something that interests me too much. So I will say that the probably the best thing to come out of this whole fiasco are all the memes and the tweets from all these. I didn't even send you guys like half the stuff that I was looking at and, and just laughing at. I didn't even. I guess I you gotta. See, I didn't see any memes or tweets. I saw it in the like every time that I opened up my Yahoo, it was like top at the very top uh wait 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 newsflash you use yahoo yeah you might yahoo. be the only person i know that uses yahoo really i i look at yahoo finance every so often uh, yeah. no, no that's yahoo finance that's yeah. a specific i use yahoo fantasy yeah. but uh, yahoo I, use, I use that too yeah yeah, yeah. yahoo is a splash page like no, I, no, it's no, been no, a while no. so like when i when i'm going to go look at my fantasy I'll I'll look at Yahoo oh, yeah, 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 as yeah, well yeah. as yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. look at CNN. I'll look at Fox News. I look at all of those to to find out the current events. Uh, but when I looked at Yahoo earlier today, that was like the very top thing. So I was just like, okay, this looks like it's trending. So I read about it. So that's why I knew his mantra for the last couple of days was that I messed up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I'll 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 send you guys some memes <laughs> and some tweets, some some funny ones. I, I've been. <laughs> 
I've been laughing when I'm not been in shock this past couple of days. I've been laughing so hard. I just, yeah. I think it, people it are struck me because so creative. It, it said that he was worth like what twenty six billion, and he's down less than a billion dollars now. So it, that struck me. I was like, what the hell happened to this dude? Did he Kanye himself? So I read about it. So I mean, it's you know, it's mm-hmm. thing. It's it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, one of the investors in FTX was Sequoia. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, I think it was within the last week or so, they had posted this this blog post talking about FTX and, and how they invested in Sam. Uh, and how, like, they were, it was basically, they, they got roasted for it because the, the post was basically, they were gushing over him. Like, they had, a, they had a meeting with him and all of the, you know, the partners were gushing over him. This guy's amazing, like, blah, 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 right? And turns out, like, one of the guys came over to talk to Sam, and he was playing League of Legends during the entire meeting. <laughs> yeah. You want to know the was... sidebar, Steve? Mm. He was playing League of Legends. I guarantee you he knows uh, Marcus, Marcus Hill. Is it Marcus Hill? Oh, no way. Marcus yeah. Hill? Yeah, yeah. he's a professional uh, League of Legends player. He's a... Yeah, he's he the game. He might have been playing with. He, he might have played with him. Guarantee. <laughs> Guarantee. Marcus Hill, man, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. It's one of our Kalani oh, yeah. basketball players. Man, Marcus Hill. Um, I mean that that is it, it is crazy stuff, and that's you know, crazy. it. I mean, a lot of lost money everywhere. You know, like the bad actors are in every field of investment. Fraudulent things happen all the time. And it's unfortunate because, you know, it's the people at the bottom of the pyramid that get hurt the most. And, you know, moving on from, you know, that piece of bad news and just, you know, kind of just on the theme of like sad moments and uh, those type of things. Um, you know, tonight's Thursday and, you know, so there was Thursday night football. And, um, you know, the Bumble's favorite team is the Atlanta Falcons, the Dirty Birds. They did me a little dirty tonight. I had the over 41 and a half and uh, Young Way Koo. Was usually reliable. He cost me that over with his two missed extra points. Um, but I'm gonna let Bumble. I'm gonna let Bumble. I'm gonna let Bumble have his little moment here. You know, after every game on Sunday, Bumble always posts something on Instagram with this one guy who dresses like a falcon, and he just complains about something that happened. I mean, I love that reel. I love those reels every time he posts it. Cracks me up. So I'm gonna let you have a platform, have a moment. Uh, with people around the world, Bumble, you go have your few minutes and talk about them, them Falcons. You know, I it's cried in the car. I cried in the car. So I had my moment as my wife rubbed my back and said, it's going to be okay. Um, but man, I mean, the play calling. Let's just start with the play oh. calling. I, no. I, I mean, it, oh. it is what it is. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, the inconsistency with players. We all know as players, the more reps you have, uh, the better you will do. But when you're sitting there rotating your three running backs constantly, uh, it's hard for them to get into the groove. Uh, So no wonder why your running game wasn't working. Uh, I think they ran the ball 25 times today. uh, And I think we had less than 100 yards, if I'm not mistaken, combined. Uh, and then we threw the ball 30 times today, which we haven't really mm-hmm. done all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers actually turned us into the opposite of what we have been this season. Uh, and then they did what we typically do on teams where they ran the ball a whole bunch of times. So if you look at the success that Carolina did, their running back ran the ball like 31 times for 100 and something yards because mm-hmm. he got those reps. He got the fill of the game. He got the fill of the defense. Uh, and then I think they threw the ball like 10 or 11 times. Uh, now, granted, Mr. Walker is not the greatest quarterback. Uh, I think PJ. Marcus Mariota is way better than him as, at quarterback. But mm-hmm. the play calls to make Marcus Mariota throw the ball the way that he was throwing it, I just don't. Uh... What was he successful in when he was in college? That's mm-hmm. what you do because that's what he's comfortable with. What was he successful in in high school? That's what you do because that's what he was. That's what he was good at. Let me give you the stats, Bumble. Thirty passes for Marcus Mariota tonight. Nineteen for thirty. One hundred and eighty-six yards. Thirty attempts. One hundred and eighty-six yards. Two touchdowns. One interception. Running game. 
25 carries, 138 yards. That's good running. Like yards, yards per carry wise, that's some great running. Mm-hmm. That's five yards per carry. Five yards per carry. And now when you look at you look at Huntley, who ran the ball really well at the end of the game. Why did we wait so long to give that guy the ball? Five carries, 32 yards. When Algier finally started to kind of pick up a little steam, he gets subbed out. So now his, his stats at the end of the game look terrible. Eight carries, 20 yards. It looks terrible. That's not really indicative of how he ran the ball, really. Because he had a couple decent runs, and all of a sudden he's out. Every so, time. To your point. To your point, man. Every time. And then let's not talk about our defense. Our defense mm. is just awful. We don't blitz. We don't put pressure on the quarterback. We have um, we have the JV squad playing DBs, uh, and bless their heart, they play hard. They play two hard. picks, yeah. two drop picks. Yeah, at the end I mean, of the game. It, it, at the end of the game, they could have turned the game on that one on that that drop pick. So it's just it's a carryover from last game where we get a fumble, we get a break, and then we fumble. Um, we get we fumble the ball, yeah. and then we give the game away. So it's it's just a carryover. So it's it's one of those things. And then we got a guy playing left guard that can't block a soul. <laughs> it was just uh, it was a slew of things uh, that yeah I think you know it's yeah it's it's frustrating well, that- being a Falcons fan. And I get it. We were strapped right. to cash this year. I trust me. I'm surprised we won this many games, to be completely honest. But I am frustrated because it seems like it's okay for this coaching staff to be this mediocre compared to the past coaching staff, where the past coaching staff, they didn't have this leniency uh, to be like they were. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. Even when we had uh, Dan Quinn, those couple years that we had, the, the two bad years that we had under him, we were strapped for cash. We couldn't get any anybody, and that was because right. of how much they paid Julio, how much they paid Matt Ryan. You know, it's, right. it's a tough situation. But I mean, hopefully, you know, they stick with them, and they were a victim of their own success. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. When we went to the, right? when we went to the Super Bowl, yeah. we couldn't keep everybody and couldn't pay yeah. everybody, and then we tried to right. pay like the top dudes and thinking they were going to be the same, and then we paid Julio Jones all that money. When I said don't pay him that money. Uh, and then what did he do that next year? I think he played three games, four games, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. He got yep. hurt, right? Yep. Got hurt. Yeah. And well, he got hurt every year, even when he every year. Did matter. Game, yeah. He was always hurt. So. And then, and then he did that thing with Shannon Sharp on TV, and that was just weird, you know. Like I don't know the the last three or four years with Julio Jones. It's been interesting just to watch the yeah. guy. Like he went from the quiet, seemingly mild mannered wide receiver, successful, became future Hall of Famer type. Then he came outspoken and it was like awkward. And it was yeah. weird. It is what it is. It's a frustrating what? team to be a fan of, but through thick and thin, when we're junk, I'm still gonna cheer. When we're good, I'm still gonna cheer. And I'm always yep. gonna tell everybody my team is gonna beat their team. So we don't yep. care. Yep. House cat got us but, this time. But tell me Let's try being a Bears fan. Yeah. <laughs> And we play you guys this season. Yeah. <laughs> I think in a couple weeks, actually, if I'm not mistaken. But, but what did you think when you saw him that third and 18? Marcus throws a laser towards Zacchaeus, and he just reaches with one arm for the ball, slowing down. Well, Sure looked like somebody that didn't want to get hit. He could have you know, dove for that ball. The, he could have dove for that the, ball. The tough part about it is Marcus Mariota will get blamed for everything that goes wrong with the offense. But when you look at who we have on offense, it's tough to be successful as a quarterback. You're right. And when you have the play calls that they're calling, that I wouldn't say his strength, it's tough for him to be set up for success. You know what I mean? Like RPOs, when you see him throw the RPOs, boom, beautiful. Boom. Beautiful. Boom. Because it's it's like second second nature. But then you get It's in rhythm. It's on time. All of that. Yep. And then you got this dude under center with the defense to his back trying to fake a pass and then expect him to go deep with it. Like Matt Ryan, that was his thing. <laughs> that was his thing. But, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. I mean, if you look yeah. at every every team that has, like, a decent quarterback, they their, their system is tailored towards that quarterback. Look at uh, what Miami is doing with Tua. They tailored it to him, to his comfortability. What is he doing right now? He's killing it. And he got some studs at receiver that you know he that can go. Who's our stud receiver? Drake London, maybe. Drake London for sure. Drake, Drake London, maybe because Kyle Pitts. We talked about this on text. 
That dude runs the wrong route. He He runs the wrong routes all the time. All that kind of stuff. Like, what's going on? But why is he a stud? He's a big dude. He's just big, big like Julio. Not as fast as Julio Mm -hmm. was, right? But he doesn't. He's not a game breaker like Julio was when Julio came out. You know, right. I, I don't know how fast. He I, think, I, I mean, coming out of college, I think he'll do good. He's on my fantasy team, so you know. Yeah, but coming good. out of college, they they thought he would create mismatches, run down the field, and all those kind of things. But those things specifically is where he screwed up on Sunday. Those passes that Marcus missed him on, Marcus didn't miss him. He no. ran the wrong way, or he cut the route off. You and I were texting about. We're fuming, texting yeah. about that game where the game was going. So like, what is I Pitts just, doing? You know, it's I just think. In the last two years, we had two early first-round picks. And what did we get? We got a tight end and we got a wide receiver. When we could have got some defenders or we could have got some some linemen, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, yeah. or possibly a decent quarterback, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. at this point, we're not, we're not in the sweepstakes for um, the good quarterbacks that's coming out this year. So we'll see. No, and I don't think they're planning on getting a quarterback because I think they're hell bent on this uh, Ritter. So Desmond Ritter, yeah, we'll we'll see how that all plays out, and we'll see how the season plays out for the Falcons. They're in the weakest division in the NFC. You know, they are one game out of first place with this loss. Half a game for now, probably going to be one game by the end of the weekend. Okay. Um, the Super Bowl, the the voices who are blogging Super Bowl is next week, the November twentieth, in Mercedes Benz Zone between. Um, the Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons. That is next week. Oh, that's an easy dub, so. bro. <laughs> <laughs> easy dub. No comments. No comments. Easy dub. Royce. The only reason why life. I say that, the only reason why I say that is because Justin Field is coming home and he coming home, is baby. going to choke. Yeah, coming home, baby. He has got to get him in the open field somehow. Yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't play good in Georgia. After high school, he hasn't played good in Georgia. By the way, I just want to say that uh, when I used to play flag football, <laughs> I had I had the Vicks. <laughs> it didn't make you any faster. No, it didn't. It didn't make my <laughs> arm any good. better. But they look good. Did, did it, yeah, but I look good. You know, like it, that's one thing I learned playing baseball. I was like, you might as well look good if no, you're going to play bad. I may, I may say that uh, we're going to beat them, but I truly, it's, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a, the the Bears are playing pretty good. They're playing pretty good. So amazingly, they they are amazingly offensively, they are. and uh, they're letting Fields be Fields. Yeah, yeah. Which yep. is the only thing you yeah. can do with a quarterback like that. You got to let him be who he is. Look, because look what's happening to Marcus when you don't let him be who he is. To your point again, Bumble. You, you guys were talking about that, and you know I feel like the mark of a good coach is someone that can adapt to the the players that they have. But there aren't many coaches that adapt to the players that they have. The only ones that do are the ones that are being successful. Yeah, it's, so. it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, Shanahan, he adapts to his quarterback. Whatever his quarterback is, is best at, that's what yeah. he's going to do. Look yeah. at uh, Mike McDaniels with, uh, with Tua. He's adapted. Yep. He's adapted. Yeah. If, you look at, if you look at their offense, yeah. everything that they used to do was always to the right of the field. Now where is it? Correct. To the left. left. So, On top of that, that's a running offense, and he's gone away from that. Like, mm-hmm. that's a running first offense originally. But because of the weapons he has on the outside and even on the inside, like the Miami has a shot here. Mm-hmm. They really have a shot here with that defense and they're getting Chubb to give them a few weeks to get going. Yep. Uh, Miami has a shot. They're, they're, Legitimate they're shot. They're looking tough. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things where you, it gets frustrating, especially when you're watching your team and you're just like, man, why are you not adjusting to the guys that you have? Yeah. And if you know yeah. on defense your your guys can't bring pressure to a quarterback, you gotta bring extra pressure. I don't even yeah. know the dude that the name of the guy that's on our D line. He's number nine. Uh, he's trash. Is that <laughs> he's Carter? To rush. He wow! Does not wow. Rush. <laughs> is that Carter? Yeah, that's Carter, Carter, right? And, oh, Lorenzo Carter. And they say he's yeah. so good, but if you actually watch him, he does not rush. He'll wait and wait and wait, and then he'll just push on a guy. And I'm like, how are we ever going to get to the okay. quarterback? So quarterbacks have all day to pass on us. No wonder why our safeties are just bad. Let, let, me, let me point something out about Lorenzo Carter. And this is how you know the Bumble doesn't care. He don't care. 
And someone, he's just going to call a spade a spade. This is a Georgia Bulldog. That's his team. My guy. This is a guy. He's my guy at Georgia. It is what it is. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to the program, it is what it is. You got to show something. And, you know, when the Giants draft you in the third round, you know, do a whole bunch there. And now you're here with the with the, the Falcons with a chance to play a lot. Like, he's a out lot. there all the time. All the time. Mm. All the time. Tough. All the time. Tough crowd, huh? Tough crowd, huh, Royce? Tough crowd, huh? Tough crowd. Yeah. But it is what it is, man. You let it all out yet, Bubble? You got anything yeah, more to I'm say about good. tonight's I game? I can't believe I can't believe we lost to the house cap. I just I don't. I, well, yeah. you tried to lose to them the two weeks ago. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I suffered the game. Have fun. I suffered the, almost the worst bad beat of all time on that Hail Mary. That was, I'm not sure there was, was a bad beat any worse than that Hail Mary. Hey, just let just let the oh best my God. wide receiver on the field behind you guys. Yeah, you know, no, actually, I, I I lost on the uh, Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary against the Lions. <laughs> that cost me money. <laughs> I mean, but, but well, what but, were the what were the Falcons doing waiting on the twenty yard line? They just stopped dropping back. Hey, what, what were you doing? That's that's the that's the defensive coordinator's uh, job to answer that. Hey. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So it's been a few, it's been a tough few weeks for our podcast and our picks, partly because we really have experienced some pretty bad beats. Yeah, uh, the, the last two weeks have been some pretty bad beats. How many times do we see a team make a game changing turnover and turn it over on the same play twenty yards downfield? Again, my <laughs> without getting hit, just yeah. drop the ball. Just drop yeah. the ball. Yeah. Gotta love it. Doesn't touch, no one touches him. It no one touches him. It. it touched his right touch nipple. It. That's what happened. Right. I mean, I mean, he kind of shaped his nipple. I think that's why he dropped it. It, it burned a little. Yeah. 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 I think so. Goodness. It's been sad. It's been sad. Yeah. Hey, uh, Royce, you want to pick uh-huh. up the podcast a little bit? Let's pick up the bumble here a little bit. He's looking pretty sad now. <laughs> Just a little bit. You know what? Don't worry. You'll, you'll, play the, you'll play the bear soon. You know what will excite him, though? It'll make you feel even worse. <laughs> Bumble, you want to tell us about your uh, baked monopool making experience at home? <laughs> oh, I, I want to hear about this. This sounds good. All right. So it's not my experience, okay, for one. For two, my wife has been on this um, come up with something to sell or something to cook or just want to try something. So she was like, I want to try Monopool because you say it's hard to make. I said, it's not hard to make. It's just time consuming. And the couple times that I made with you, I was like, this is, this is a lot of work. So she decided to go and get all the food and, you know, prepare it. So she made char siu for the first time. Came out damn good. So I'm proud of her on that. Um, she, the dough was frozen dough by the way she didn't make it so you probably would have been mad at that but mm-hmm. um, she made all the the she had a little recipe and put it all together and had to teach her how to wrap it and put it together and she did a better job than i did of course uh, and it came out pretty damn good it's just the dough wasn't like sweet like i like it but it still came out yeah. good um yeah so it was interesting it was funny to watch her make it because usually She'll be like, here, I want this. Can you make it? And then I'll go and make it. Mm-hmm. But this time she got all the stuff. And I told myself, because it was on a Sunday and it was football. I was like, I'm not helping. I want you to experience this making it because you always say everything is so easy. And when I say my wife experienced every single emotion you can think of cooking by herself, it was epic to watch. <laughs> no. Granted, I'm sitting on the couch, <laughs> holding myself on the couch, trying not to get up to go and help her because I really wanted her to to learn that lesson. But hearing her swear, hearing her drop stuff, hearing her panic, rush around, <laughs> it was glorious to see. But it was also a lesson where she's like, "It's not hard, but it's a lot of work." So it was it was it was, it was an epic uh, time watching it unfold. So I really did not do yeah. anything. I just ate it. Um, so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't. I can't make manapua. Okay. <laughs> it's too much. So too much. So for for those of you in the audience that don't know what a manapua is, that that is a word that was derived in Hawaii for the Chinese chasu bao, hambao, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and this is the baked version that 
typically is made with sweet bread, gets a nice little glacier glaze on the outside. And, and we're, with the Chinese barbecue yeah. port, the char siu, you know, kind of cooked together. Yeah. So just for, just, in, just in, in case, because I know we do have audiences in Honduras and in Germany. No, for sure. And yeah, every side, sure. let's we're make sure that's kind of translated. Yeah, I mean, we're international. Bumble, I mean, let's be honest here. But, and Rice, Rice might scrub this, but how often do you think a black man taught an Asian woman how to make chassis bao? Hey, there's a first. One. A first. I'm going to say one. <laughs> there's a first for everything but that little three minute still goes up on the screen right now <laughs> oh i can't watch you know, sports center tonight i can't do still, it hurts my feelings. i will say a little little bit of background though like uh steve in a past life has been a, a monopole pro so whoa, whoa. he knows you say that in a past tense <laughs> has been well Oh, well, I mean, oh, like no. in, in like no, another no, life, you know, no, like in no, another. No, 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 no. <laughs> are you still? Are you? Are you still making? Are you still yes, making them on a consistent? Of course, dude. I'm, I'll, now I'll, I'm. Now I'm. Angry, I'll make dude. Some, I'm not I'll, getting any, dude. How come so, I'm not getting any? For those for those in the audience <laughs> I, that don't know, one of my businesses is a uh, private chef, private cooking, catering type business, and I use my background in you know this chinese food business i grew up in along with travel throughout the world and and my knowledge of health and wellness to kind of cook for professional athletes or cook for you know parties for everyday folk cater parties for former athletes that i've worked with you know even for their own weddings and stuff so it's been it's kind of a great experience and and on that note bumble and i have a great story about that because once we uh i had him help me at this fundraiser charity event and uh, you know, talk about racial stereotypes, and so you know, Bumble was in charge of the deep frying, <laughs> and, uh, and and so he was he was frying chicken wings. I mean, it is okay. what it is, right? Yeah. So he goes he goes in there, and he unloads the batch that he just cooked outside, brought it into the banquet hall, and starts refilling the tray of chicken wings. And an unnamed professional athlete walks up to him and he says, what to you? I forgot, but he said something to the effect of, who made this chicken? Something like that. Yeah, to you. Assume, yeah, assuming it was you. Yeah. And then you said the Chinese guy over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who made this chicken? You made this chicken? I was like, nope. I mean, <laughs> not I. Not I. <laughs> Anytime we did uh, food truck food truck rallies or anything like that, where we had a booth, uh, street food th- type things, uh, Bumble was in the tent, standing over the, the four hundred degree oil in the huge walk, and he's he's deep frying gouji, man, just yep. doing it. Every, for every ten he fried, he ate one. You know, it's like it is what it is. Nice. You got to taste test. It's quality control. It was, you know, yeah, it was delicious. It is. It is. You got it. Yeah. You gotta feed the people good food, right? Yeah. <laughs> Next time we're together, you guys are gonna have to make some uh, gouji and fried chicken. Mm. Uh, that that and, might be a party uh, in Arizona. I think there's we're overdue to come out to we're overdue to come out to Zona, throw a party in that backyard, get in, get yeah. get in that hot tub, get in that swimming pool, watch watch football or watch something back there, pass out pass out in the backyard, you know, stuff hey, like that. Anytime. Oh, we do have like the little. <laughs> The little uh, bed thing that's out, the day bed out there in the yard too, with a little shade. So, yeah, Royce Royce gets handsy. Royce gets handsy though. You know, when we we sleep at places, like he always comes closer and closer. You know, when you sleep anywhere near that. I was about to thank. I was about to thank you for all the manapua that you used to bring up to me in college last year, (laughs) but I'll take it back. (laughs) Now I take it back. Don't worry, he's gonna get his own room. He was just trying to buy my silence. <laughs> I have to sleep with pillows on the front and the back. Nah, nah, when, now I know what was happening. But I'm in the same room at Royce. Not in the same bed, just same room. Sometimes. Can't help it. <laughs> See, there you go. We can uh, end this kind of pseudo-serious podcast. And again, we're not making light of anybody that might have got financially hurt by what's happening in the crypto world. It's really no, bad. it's awful. Yeah, uh, it it's, it's really bad. Like, you know, Roy, Royce has probably suffered yeah. some, some depreciation of his assets. Whatever I have, of course, has gone down a little bit. 
But we've talked to this for a long time. Royce and I are long-term or are in it just to kind of see what's going to happen in this market. We believe that it is going to be, it's going to have a place in this world and whatever it is. It oh, is. yeah, it's, 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 it's still the future. But yeah, I mean, th- this week, like, uh, you know, if you looked at people across all of crypto Twitter and people that have been here that I've talked to, been in the space for a long time, like this is probably the worst last couple of days, like ever. It's yeah. been just wild. I think I heard this so, more than I heard about the dropping of the, uh, what is that, the Bitcoin. And Bitcoin dropped for a mm-hmm. while. It's mm-hmm. bigger than for that, sure. I think, everything. Yeah, for sure. Much yeah. bigger. Much bigger. Uh, it's going to shake people out of, out of the market, that's why. 100%. Um, and, and that's that's, that's always the challenge with future adoption, is it's going to shake people out of the market. Yeah, it's, it's just awful for the space. Yeah. But, you know, so, like anything else, like the dot-com bust, uh-huh. you know, there's going to be winners. Uh, you know, it's not it's not the end. So it just sucks. Yeah. yeah. It'll turn around, I think. Like yeah. everything else. Well, does, I mean, and, and like always, we want to we want to show both sides of the story as much as we can. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts out there or other things that people write or Twitter, Twitter accounts. Is, they just want to talk about when things are going great. Like. It's not about that, man. It's just about talking about what's going on. Try to educate and entertain. So with that, Royce, we got anything left for the audience? Uh, you know, any last words? Just hang in there. It's a crazy week. Been a crazy week it's, all it's, around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Fumble, you, you'll recover, man. You got you, you pretty much have a bye week next week, you know? So you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure to, about it. I got the day off tomorrow. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, and I'm sure the Falcons, awesome. you know, at the end of next awesome. week, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be five and six at the end of next week. So it is what it is. But uh, we want to thank everybody. Uh, tomorrow's Veterans Day. We want to thank everyone who served and thank you for your service. Thank you for your and service. And with that, we want to sign off and uh, tell everybody thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you on the next one. All right.